Thanks for listening to our message from our Sunday service. Here at Highlands Church, we believe in equipping you to have a life full of purpose, just like you were designed to. We hope this message will inspire, build, and help you for life in your faith journey towards Jesus. We can't wait for you to join us next weekend. But for now, please enjoy this message from us. Well, thank you for joining us on Highlands Church Online. I hope you're having a great week, a great Sunday so far. Uh, At the moment, we are in our Christmas season in December, and you either love Christmas or you can't wait for Boxing Day, right? You've got the Grinches and you've got the people who are like Buddy the Elf uh, and love it all. But one thing you learn with in-laws and family and friends is that everyone has a different expectation of what Christmas looks like. And this isn't even just for today. This has been different expectations of all sorts of things, uh, including the expectations that we have on Jesus. Uh, We're talking about Christmas. There was a very big Uh, expectation on Jesus when he came into earth. And we love the nativity scene, we love the story of little baby Jesus coming, uh, being God in flesh coming here. That's what Christmas is all about. But there was a different expectation of him of the time. And we can often have different expectations on him as well. But let me read the story to begin with. It's in Matthew 1, uh, verse 22 to 23. It says, As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit and she will have a son and you are to name him Jesus for he will save his people from their sins. How good. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet saying, look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel. And this is great. This is the greatest line I think that's in the New Testament. It says, which means God is with us. See, Christmas isn't just a big deal for one day or a month at the end of our year. Christmas should be a big deal for every single day of our lives. Uh, It is the biggest moment that we remember and celebrate in all of human history. Uh, Emmanuel, this is it. Emmanuel, that God stepped into our world. He stepped into yours and my scene. And the great news is he hasn't stepped out of it. It's God is with us, not God was with us. How good is that to know and remember that Emmanuel, this is the story of Jesus, that he is with us and with us still. But this is what the world kind of misses. They stop at little baby Jesus in the manger. We have Christmas and you see the nativity scene uh, and we have an expectation around Christmas to, to see that and to kind of stop there. And this is where I think you see all kinds of countries and all kinds of beliefs have little pictures of baby Jesus, but they just stop there. And that's why we called the series this year that there's more than the manger. There's more than little baby Jesus in the manger. In fact, when we look at Jesus, we should see far more than just little baby who came born in a manger, we should see or the work that he's done, the thing that he'd set up and what he's done for you and me and the Holy Spirit within us. When we look at Jesus, we should see the power of God to heal, to save, to bring freedom, to change. It's more than just a manger. But the different expectations that we have, as I said earlier, it hasn't just started with us. Uh, In the the time that Jesus was around, there was a lot of different expectations on what Jesus would look like, on who, what he should do, how he should do it, what he should say, who he should help, uh, all these types of things. But 
But when we stop at our understanding and our expectation, we miss everything else that he wants to do. We do that when we stop at baby Jesus in a manger. We miss the rest of the story. And people of his day miss a lot of extra things that God wanted to bring through Christ at this time by them restricting him with what they thought he should do and who he should save, how it should look even. They stopped where they were at. And if we stop, we miss out on the more that God has for us. So let's keep being people who continue to grow more and more, yeah? So the disciples, you look at Jesus, he had to continually correct his followers, those disciples thinking all the time, their actions, they would think uh, one thing. And just as you think that they were maybe getting it, you're starting to read going, oh, they're starting to click, it's starting to understand. They would have these moments where they'd resort back to their old way of thinking and their old behaviors. You think that they're understanding how to love others. And then there's a moment where they say, hey, Jesus, should we call down fire from heaven on those people? And then he's like, no, I just thought you were getting it and you've missed it. It's constantly misled beliefs in a different way, old way of thinking. And Jesus had to try to peel back some of those expectations. And honestly, I'd like to laugh at them and go, you silly disciples, you should have known better. This is Jesus, the son of God. But I have some views and I've always have. But, uh, and they've changed, but I guarantee I still have some views now that are limiting and uh, kind of misguided or maybe, maybe just not completed yet around who God is and what he wants to do in my life and in this world. I've probably got some ideas of what God is really like and who he's like and what he wants to do that, that just aren't full yet. They're, they're on their way. Dad, uh, my father, he is one of the, the greatest guys I've ever known. Uh, loves Jesus and used to teach me a lot about God. And I look back at some things that, and opinions that he allowed me to have without correcting me. And he's corrected a lot. But there were some that I go, why didn't you tell me the right thing? Why was you letting me believe that? And he's like, well, look, it just wasn't that it was completely wrong. It just wasn't filled. And I trust that the Holy Spirit was going to continue to grow in you and that you would find this revelation and your, your thinking would be completed. I think that's a great amount of trust, but that's where I am now. I guarantee you are there as well. That's why we need what I think Paul writes in Romans 12 verse 2. It says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. And here's a description of what his will is. It's good, pleasing and perfect for you. How nice does that sound? So here the word transform originally means when it was written, it means a continual metamorphosis, literally an ongoing, never ceasing change in our life. So this means when we look at this, if it's an ongoing thing, a continual process, the moment we stop transforming in the way God wants us is the moment we start conforming to the patterns of this world. We need to be people who are constantly being transformed by the renewing of our mind, more understanding of who God is, more experiencing, more faith steps and saying yes to God. Like, I'm a bit nervous, I don't fully understand, but I'm saying yes to you, Jesus. Because the moment we stop moving forward and being transformed by the Holy Spirit in us is the moment we conform back into an incorrect setting. It'd be like us growing in Christ and then just going, you know what, I'm stopping at the manger. I just want 
to stay here with baby Jesus and nothing else. I don't want to think about what he's done. I don't want to think about how that affects me and how I might have to change and how it actually might be better for me to change. I don't, I don't want, to, I want to stop there. The moment we stop transforming and growing with God is the moment we start to conform and miss out what is next for us. Knowing Jesus and experiencing all the things that he has for you and has for me is to, to keep allowing him to transform us to keep allowing him to be the one leading us, not us transforming him into the image that we want. Now, this isn't a new idea of transforming God rather than letting him transform us. It happened all the way through the Bible. And in fact, in the Old Testament as well, we see uh, Moses, uh, when he was leading the Israelites out to Mount Sinai, he went up the mountain. And while he was up there, the people kind of revolted and wanted to do something that, that we'll read about here. It was similar to what we do. The Israelites, they, they built a golden calf anyway. They threw their gold into the fire and it just popped out. Um, but in Exodus 32 verse 5, it says this, When Aaron saw this, which was the calf that he made from gold, uh, he built an altar in front of the calf and announced this. This is interesting. Tomorrow there will be a festival for the Lord, or to the Lord. Now, that word Lord, this is a big revelation that I got a little while ago. That word Lord uh, translates into Yahweh. Now, when they talked about other gods, they would use maybe Baal as a, as a false god. They would use Adonai maybe, which just means kind of uh, master. Uh, but they would never use Yahweh in a setting that meant some other foreign god. Yahweh was a word that they kept aside to talk about who we talk about as God or the Father in heaven, Yahweh, the, the, the one true God. And so here, what we can see here is that they weren't, they, they, they didn't create a different God uh, that they wanted to worship while Moses was up the mountain. They didn't create something else. What they did is they, they took Yahweh, they took God, the Father, and made him into an image that they'd prefer him to be in. They changed him to fit their wants and their preferences. Isn't that amazing? See, we can try to mold God into who we want him to be or who we think he might be. We can decorate him and make him presented and look in a certain way that we might prefer or even just not understand, but we want it. But that's just not who he is. We can be like the Israelites in this setting and going, well, I'm not going to follow another God, but what I can do is project my opinions onto him and say, this is what I think Jesus would like me to do. This is what I think he would say. And this is what, what my political opinion is. And so I think Jesus has that same opinion. This is who, what I think about relationships and society and what I should do and whether I should tithe and, or not. And we can, we can project our own opinions onto him and our own preferences. And essentially what we're doing is forming a little golden calf. We're not forming some random God. What we're trying to do is get Jesus and form him into a golden calf. See, when we're willing to settle for a custom version of Jesus, we are stealing from ourselves. Because whatever view you have of him, if it's not actually him, it's nowhere near as good as who he actually is. Even if we don't like something about God, even if we don't like it or we disagree with what the Bible might say on any number of issues, by settling for your will or your wants, your ways over his, I guarantee you are stealing from yourself. You're stealing what he has for you because nothing that he does is for harm. 
Nothing that he says, none of his will is to take away and destroy you. It's only to build up and, set, and see you grow into who he created you to be. <clears throat> we can create our own little golden calf version of him, but we are missing out. Just like, when, just like people who miss out on the whole story of Jesus by stopping in the manger, we can miss out on the whole story of Jesus by stopping at our own opinion, at our current understanding. It's our personal expectations that I believe are often the limiting factor in experiencing what God wants to do in our lives. So we can stay where we are now with God. We can stay at our current level of opinion or understanding of who he is, maybe not complete, and we can stay there and just go, you know what, I'm happy being here. But you need to know that that there is far more of him to know that there is far more freedom that he wants you to experience in your life, those things that might be holding you back and those pains and hurts that you have. There's so much more in God than you're aware of, that there's more that he's placed inside you that he's willing to help you unlock and step into your destiny and, and start to see the things that he's placed within you flourish. He's, he's willing to go the long yards the, the, or the whole journey with you, that he's put something inside you that's significant that he wants to see come out. So you need to be willing to go beyond the manger this Christmas. Go beyond this, this current level of understanding and projecting your thoughts and expectations on Jesus. You need to be willing to press deeper into him. Keep saying yes. As I said, taking those steps of faith. Being bold, going, I don't fully understand it yet, God, but I trust you. I want to see what you've got to do and can do in my life. Because I've learned this, you cannot box the Holy Spirit, but you can box yourself out. You can't, can't keep him in a box, but you can definitely keep yourself out and away from what the Holy Spirit wants to do in your life. Let me finish with another example. Even, even after Jesus spent three years with his disciples, over three years doing ministry and all these types of things, teaching them every single day, getting to see miracles and, and demonstrations of what he was talking about, about the kingdom of God, they saw him be crucified and rise again, just like he predicted. And in one of their final interactions we see that they still missed one of the major points that Jesus came for. See, they had a different set of expectations on him. Their understanding of who he was and what he was here to do was not quite complete, but they still assumed that he would do the thing that they expected him to do. They assumed that he would be who they expected him to be without fully understanding who he was and why he came. And we can do this a lot. Hey, we, we think, well, I think this, so therefore Jesus might think that as well. But this is what they missed. And when their understanding got complete, that's when the world started to really get set on fire for God. Acts 1 verses 4 to 9 says, On one occasion while he was sitting and eating with them, he gave this command. He says, Don't leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift of the, uh, my father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptized with water, but in a few days you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit. Then they gathered around and asked him, this is the really frustrating line, ready? said, Lord, are you, uh, are you at this time going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? He said to them, just moving right along, it's not for you to know the times or the dates that the Father has set by his own authority, but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the ends of the earth. He said, you'll be my witnesses here, over there, you'll be him everywhere. After he said this, he was taken up before their very eyes and a cloud hid them from their sight. See, there was a belief that the Messiah was going to come and bring the, the kingdom of God. Uh, but the Israelites in, interpreted this as he was going to boot the Romans out. They were, they were captive by the Roman Empire. 
And their version of that was like, the Messiah is going to come and we are going to be a free nation again. Rome can rack off. We're going to be set free. And by that limited expectation, they missed that he wasn't just talking about a nation here under Roman rule. He was talking about the world under a rule of the enemy. He was talking about people all across, regardless of nationality or location, their whole world for all of history would be, could be set free from their sin and the wages that that will bring for eternity. He's like, you small-minded people, you thought you had me figured out. You projected your expectations and belief on me. And that was a limiting factor, but I need you to wake up. There is more to this story. Don't stop at the manger. Don't be happy with your golden calf version of God, that there is greater understanding, greater revelation. See, when the Holy Spirit was poured out on them, it completed their understanding much more. That is when they realized who Jesus was what he had called them to do and who they were supposed to be, what they could be with the power of the Spirit within them. See, when they finally allowed it and realized, they resigned themselves to the fact going, my understanding is not complete. What I'd been taught as a kid, it's not complete. My opinions and projections onto Jesus, man, they might be misguided and they might, they might not just be complete. When they came back and said, Holy Spirit, you need to fill in the gaps. Bring me new revelation of who you really are and what I can really do. Man, that is when things started to happen and revival moved throughout the whole world. See, the same is for each one of us. (coughs) We can stop at our current understanding and definitely miss out on the more that God has for us. More to be, more to know, more to experience, more to do. Or we can be willing to take a step. We can be willing to go, you know what, my current opinions and understanding, maybe I have formed up a golden calf. Things that I'm not willing to break, things that I'm not willing to learn and wrestle through the tension. But that is where the Holy Spirit speaks and brings revelation. So don't underestimate what Jesus wants to do in your life. Don't underestimate how good and how loving and how powerful our God is. And although it's kind of easy to to leave God in a way that we understand and that we're happy with Him, then mold Him into one way that we think that we might prefer, if we're willing to let Him lead, let Him transform us rather than us try to transform Him through the Word, through prayer, through serving or community and these steps of faith, you'll experience His good and perfect will for your life. So this Christmas, don't, don't just stop at baby Jesus in the manger. Every day of your life, don't just stop at, well, I think I've got him figured out. Because no, there is far more. And it is great, greater ahead than what we understand. Let me pray for you, church. Father, I thank you that you are so much bigger than we'll ever know. So much more powerful and loving. Lord, you're kind and more present than we'll ever understand. Lord, and as a church, we just want to ask you, Holy Spirit, to bring more revelation. We want to know you more. We want to experience what you have for us. Lord, that might take some uncomfortable steps of faith. Lord, some wrestling and maybe some discipline in, in seeking you. Lord, that it's worth it though. So help us grow. Help us move beyond the manger. Help us move beyond our golden calf understanding version of you. Lord, we want to know you for who you truly are, that we might experience our true destiny and see this world transformed in a way that only you can. Thank you in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
Well, what a fantastic message. Thanks, Doug, for sharing on this series. We've been doing more than a manger. Uh, right now, we do a part where we get to go a bit deeper with Doug, ask him a few more questions surrounding the message and see how we can help you guys and help ourselves with some more, more of this topic. So, Doug, I, I love the idea of Jesus sometimes being what we don't want it to be. So we just put some tinsel on him, we slap a sticker on and say, yep, you're all good with it, hopefully, and we just pu- push him away. What are, what are some probably the top examples you've seen yeah. uh, just in our society or in our circles um, of people doing this? Yeah. Well, usually I think it's a good question, but uh, usually see it as just things that people don't want to do. Uh, or don't want to change, like he said. And uh, whether that's in the church and you see Christians trying to talk themselves out of things that are biblical principles, whether it's forgiveness, um, because you don't understand the person really hurt me. And it's like, well, Jesus meant them as well. Um, They don't want to be someone who helps others come to know Christ through. Maybe maybe the one example is through a small group and leading that or uh, being a part of a team that creates an, an amazing environment for people to be met, or maybe it's through like giving and generosity, giving to the church. That's usually a big one that we will look for any kind of gymnastics theologically to get out of. But, but probably the, the bigger one is uh, anything that re- results in sin that I'm kind of enjoying that I like. And we'll, we'll ignore it, we'll get cranky at God or Christians who might point it out of going, here's something that I'm actually. That is, God says it's bad for me. I don't understand why he thinks it's bad for me, so I think he's, an, he's wrong, he's an idiot. If you try to uh, just tell me God's view on this, I'm going to throw you and the whole thing out. Yeah. Um, whereas what it is in there for is going, hey, you might not understand, but it's actually not good for you. Paul actually says to Timothy, he says, let us strip off all the weight that slows us down, especially... Uh, let's strip off all, all the weight that we're carrying, especially the sin that, that weighs us down so much. And this, what we need to know is that no matter how much we enjoy the sins that we do and the things that we're struggling with, that it is weighing us down. Yeah. And that there, at some point, we've got to understand that going, well, God, you, you created us and you created us to live a certain way. Mm. And that way is best. It's pleasing, good and perfect for me. Yeah. So I need to either trust you and let you transform me or I'm going to always be trying to transform you into my image. Yeah, um, Yeah. so like that was heavy and kind of confronting stuff, but I found that the best thing to do is just be willing to engage mm. with what God is saying. Yeah. Not Googling people who have your opinion, but just Google, like if you're going to Google, just Google the, the, the topic. Yeah. <laughs> probably don't Google, probably just talk to someone in church, t- yeah. talk to a pastor or someone you trust and go, mm. hey, Am I on the right track here? Yeah, right. I've always had great people around me in, in churches, and that's the beauty of community is yeah. you've got those people to iron sharpens iron. You rough, get off the rough edges from each yeah, other. Absolutely. Um, so I think that's, that's a, a big step forward, whether it's the heavy stuff that I just mentioned then or maybe the smaller things. Yeah. That, that what year of time of the year was Jesus born in? <laughs> like December. Yeah, no. Anyway. That's so true, though. And hey, if if any of these things are sort of hitting home for you and you want to take your next step, growing closer to Jesus, uh, 
having him close from your lives, we really would encourage you, and Doug said it before, the best thing you can find is community, is people around you. So we'd encourage you, uh, join a small group here at Highlands Church, attend a dinner party, meet some people at church in person on Sundays. Uh, we'd love to connect with you and meet you. So please let us know. Go to our website to connect. Follow us on social media, especially Instagram is a great way to stay connected. Uh, but thank you so much for uh, watching today, and we hope to see you connect further into church and further into God. Have an amazing rest of your week. We'll see you next time. Thank you again for being with us. We hope you feel encouraged to take these words with you to live your best life. For more resources and to connect with us, find us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and our website as Highlands Church.